This is the first ever emergency episode of the Forbidden Love Rugby podcast. And also, Mikey, the first ever lunchtime break Lunch, episode. episode. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are, find ourselves in the, in the uh, spiritual home of the, uh... <laughs> the Forbidden Love Rugby podcast, uh, Mikey's front living room. So we've taken a little break from work, grabbed a sandwich, and uh, we're just going to rattle through the Wales and Ireland teams for tomorrow's opening round of Six Nations fixtures. No, we are missing uh, our third wheel, the uh, third amigo. Old, uh, old Mr Ed yep. yes and, uh, unfortunately he can't be with us today he's actually working in his actual <laughs> job so uh, yeah let's crack on here so should we go through this from backs to forwards yeah absolutely alright so the two back threes for Wales we've got Liam Williams uh, Josh Adams and Rio Dyer and they'll be finding themselves up against Hugo Keenan Mac Hansen and James Lowe so if you were selecting a composite team would you be picking from those oh, six players, Mikey? See, I think, like, on his day, Liam Williams is up here with the best. He, and, yes. and Rio Dyer is on cracking form. And uh, Josh Adams is has forced himself into the, into the starting move. Well, he's, I think, scored eight tries in eight games for Cardiff. Yeah, and he's, he's, his, his strike rate is, is fire. Like, But you look at the Irish three-quarter, Hugo Keenan, not too familiar with. But James Lowe and Mac Hansen, uh, they they doing the Josh Adams things. They get themselves on the on the scoreboards. And um, ooh. I know. I, I it's it's tricky because I wonder if a lot of them will cancel each other out. So yep. for example, James Lowe has got his kicking game. Liam yep. Williams has got his catching game. Yeah. Um. It's, Mac Hansen is a talented strike runner. Mm. So's Josh Adams. Yeah. So, I feel like there's probably question marks actually over the defensive capabilities of all four wingers but then wingers are there to run them in and they exactly. necessarily so, sort of make the tackles that's what your back rows for so it'll be interesting to see how much ball they get but I think this will be a feature of the Ireland team most of this Irish team played in those away wins to New Zealand yeah, particularly if you look at yeah in, on that New Zealand tour um, we, had, we had a quick squeeze at the uh, New Zealand team just now and uh, sorry the Ireland team for the second test and there's a lot of players there who played in that second test but there hasn't been that much international rugby since I mean you know the Autumn Nations Cup of course but uh, I'm not sure if that's truly reflective of a, of a high intensity Six Nations tournament or that summer tour where they're trying to keep the thing bubbling and I, th- I think another thing we, we chatted about really is if you look at the composition of the teams uh, Wales is 12 Ospreys and Ireland is 13 from Leinster Gatland did a very similar thing in yeah. his first out in as Wales coach picking was it 13 Ospreys plus one of the Scarlets and one of the Blues I, in the in the opening 50 in the 15 yes um, but here the 23s this is almost like Ospreys v Leinster plus some hangers on yeah um, so I think for a lot of the Ospreys boys they did push Leinster quite close recently they might not be that much fear however Ireland I think are full of confidence I think they're rightly number yeah. one in the world of course I just wonder if uh, this new Gatlin team could possibly catch them cold I think that's our only chance yeah I think yeah, the, the, the catching cold is going to be um, almost with fingers crossed but again who knows what's going on in camp this week no, no. how Gatlin fires them up and how they're going to perform would you care to guess which of those back threes has the most caps in total Ooh. No, you're not allowed to look at my notes um, <laughs> I'd probably go with Liam oh so as a as a, as a combined oh sorry three, sorry yeah wait. yeah um, oh yeah probably I, I hmm. probably the Irish back three you'd be surprised at this 
that so the Welsh back three 127 caps between them yeah and Ireland's have got 48 no way yeah oh, so yeah. Li- Liam Williams and Josh Adams are 81 and 43 <laughs> yeah you know, then Rio Dyer is yeah. a... not too familiar with the Irish back three yeah. but uh, yeah that's um you'd like to take on caps alone plus the former Rio Dyer yeah they'd um maybe pinch it on paper exactly so moving on to the centres then uh, Osprey's partnership for Wales George North and Joe Hawkins it's a Leinster and Ulster pairing mm-hmm. for Ireland Gary Ringrose and Sue McCloskey again those boys um, started I, oh no they both played in the New Zealand tests North seems to be coming into his own at 13 hasn't been playing there for Ospreys but he is he does know Hawkins quite well yeah and I think that's where the connection is it's, uh, it's just, I think George North moving to 13 is, a, is an absolute great move for him for the longevity, longevity of his career plus the real dire outside him yeah. can learn from that experience but I'm quite surprised that Joe Hawkins got the nod at 12 yeah he's a distributor and mm. not quite the um, Warren Wall I've become accustomed to with Warren Gatland but um, and the cover at 12 on the bench as well they would pair them probably both more distributors at 12 rather than crash ball 12s I had hung my hat on Kieran Williams starting in all honesty but um He's obviously what's he on his second cap? Yeah. Um I wonder then as well, is there are there any question marks over George North's defence at thirteen? And how well do you think that midfield partnership could contain Ringrose and McCloskey who well, you know, McCloskey hasn't got that much experience, I guess, as an international but he is a yeah. seasoned player. Jonathan Davis did run the defence yeah. from thirteen with Wales and um, yeah, it's there's been a, a few question marks over George North's defence. But I think maybe with with a younger Hawkins inside him, yeah, um, maybe the marshalling will be left to him, possibly. And you know, he's like I think Gatlin's gone on in the media and said uh, that he's impressed with with his play. But um, it's, it's that's probably one of the one of the points to pick to pick on or pick out is is how that'll be defended. Yeah, I think so. And the other thing that crossed my mind with these two. Um, yeah, they've got their Ospreys partnership. George might be giving Hawkins advice from yeah. a bit wider out. Um, but then, nice little segue. If you move inside those, now Dan Bigger probably does know Hawkins from Dan. Well, well, actually, would he have encountered him at Ospreys? Because he's, he's, you think it, it, it doesn't feel like that long ago that he left. But yeah, I think probably the, the generation he might be in the academy yeah. there. But that, that yeah, Joe Hawkins was probably three when Dan Bigger left Ospreys. I think <laughs> about it. Um, was he only eighteen? 20, is he's, he's young, early yeah, 20s, yeah. yeah. So they, they may cross paths, maybe they wouldn't have a lot of exposure with yeah. each other within, within the Ospreys, like, but uh, yeah. um, obviously, Jorkins is there for a reason, yeah. Now, I think the halfbacks, um, I feel like it's fairly evenly matched, see. So, I, I feel like Dan yeah. Bigger and Johnny Saxon on their day could outdo each other, yeah. And I think the same with Thomas Williams and Jameson Gibson Park, yeah. It's, it's like you know, pound for pound, like you, you, you're splitting his between. Yeah. both 9 and 10s there now you could also say that Gibson Park and Sexton have this Leinster relationship yeah. and familiarity however the meme is that Sexton doesn't really ever play for Leinster unless it's an important game so yeah, yeah it's like you, they say the same thing about yeah. Brian O'Driscoll he yeah. never went to Newport on a Friday night yeah he has he did not <laughs> yeah and as a pundit he doesn't either no. so uh, what's going on there but yeah uh, in all three so the back three the centres and the halfbacks um there's more experience on uh, in the Welsh camp, which is surprising when you yeah. think of um, 
Saxon and Gibson Park, but, but no, he, actually, uh, but they start Leinster connection, much the same as it is with the Ospreys connection. Like they yeah. familiar with each other, they just put a different jersey on. Yeah, I've always held question marks over that. Will are they able? Uh, either team, you know, Wales or Ospre- uh, Wales or Ireland, able to sort of step up from that regional game to an international game? But yeah, and you do sort of feel, I guess, that Ireland when Farrell started, I don't know if anyone was blown away by Ireland, but the trend has been upwards. Yeah, and there's always that thing, isn't it? They were island peak too soon. Yes. Um, but I, I don't know. I feel like this time it feels like all the parts are there. There's been some consistency with selection and with form, and I think rather than a dip, now we might see a plateau of they just are the best, and it's up to the rest to catch them. Yeah, I think it'd be nice for Northern Hemisphere to have that title. Mm. You, it doesn't matter who in the Northern Hemisphere, the Southern Hemisphere has had hold of it for a long time, being yeah. Australia, New Zealand, or South Africa. Yeah. So. Um, if, if, if the trend is changing and the um, the axis is tilting yeah it remains to be, be seen if they can hold on to that yeah so if we yeah let's move on to the forwards let's get through the team first um, so you've got Gareth Thomas and Tom Francis uh, props from the Ospreys you've got Ken Owens the lone scarlet in that front row Captain Ken uh, versus Porter Sheenan and Bielan for Ireland as our resident uh, prop forward there Mikey what do, what do you make of that um, looking at the Ospreys front row, Gareth Thomas and Tom Francis have been s- scrummaging their boots off. Yeah, and I think with even with um, Debbie Lake in the middle mm. for the Ospreys regular, um, or with um, Scott Baldwin on the bench as well, Ken Owens is a quality operator, and I don't yeah. think it matters who you put in the middle. I think them them boys would would, would scrummage with with a loaf of bread between them. how about the Irish boys Um, I'll put my hand up here and say I don't know a lot about uh, Sheenan and Beal I mean obviously Porter is quite renowned renowned for his his strength but um, I think when he's up against Tom Francis and Tom Francis has been particularly against Leinster last last time the Ospreys played against them Tom Francis equipped himself very well because the other thing I'm seeing here as well is that Obviously, Furlong's out. Yeah, which everybody everybody loves. Yeah, Furlong. Yeah, he would have had a. I think Garth Thomas would have had a good old go, but I think the experience alone. Yeah. Would have would have helped Furlong a lot. It's interesting, as So Garth Thomas has been quietly racking up the caps. Here. He's yeah, on, he's on seventeen already. Yeah. Uh, which is catching a player in his form. And here's another thing: Finley Bielham, He's got twenty-seven caps, but only four of those were a starter. This this could be quite interesting, sort of like it's it's not quite a match, but it's like it's that starting experience. Gareth mm. Thomas has obviously had a, a a fair bit more than that internationally, yeah. knowing how to sort of get in into that facet of the game, with the push and pull kind of thing. Yeah, no, the the the, the locks. Mm. I mean, Christ, yeah, like not not literally Christians, or he's he's not playing. Um, but <laughs> for Wales, you've got Osprey's partnership again: Adam Beard, Alan Wynn. I mean. It fills me with hope, but then, how old is Alan Wynn? Is he coming? Is he at the tail end of his career? Do we write him off? And they're up against Tegburn and uh, James Ryan. I think write him off at anyone's peril. I think uh, read the uh, Australia game back mm. end of the autumn. But uh, again, I think it's that, that familiarity with them. Them front five. Yeah, like you got. Four Ospreys. Um, four Ospreys in that front five. I mean, Ken's been there forever and a day internationally. He knows them well. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd be quite quite confident in that front five. Much, much akin the Irish will be quite confident with um, 
James Ryan and Tyg Boone yeah. there in the second row behind um, Porter and Bielham yeah. with uh, Sheehan in the middle. It's in terms of the set piece, it's almost cancelling each other out. It's if a, you really sort of get down to the minutia, rock at a hard place, isn't yeah. it? Um, and yeah, it's quite exciting. This like those yeah. are some those are some strong boys in those yeah. packs. Um, oh, that wound on the back. Oh. I mean, how tasty! This might be, and um, even considering form, this might be the. Well, especially considering form, yeah, this might be the best Welsh back row I can remember in the since I started watching rugby properly in about two thousand five. It's it's always contained Falato, yeah, well they they are thereabouts, and Tupric's always been a a consistent as well, whether he yeah. be starting or on the bench behind yeah Warburton in, in most recent times and yeah. look more widely at the Wales Island fixture in the Six Nations that's become mm. a modern classic. Yes, um, and then Jack Morgan, of course, who was oh, just on fire, rocketed, rocketed through, and he's pushed the senior players out because there was question marks over Tipperick's form in the autumn. I remember after the trip, everyone's like, "Oh, well, he wasn't playing all that well anyway." Yeah, um, but since yeah, since he's gone back mm. to Ospreys, he he has been excellent. Could, could that form question mark been a, a a matter of coaching, the change of direction? Yeah, I mean, I think everyone's like looked at Warren Gatlin coming back as a and it's, it's boosted whether whether we like it or not it's a fact yeah it looks to be a fact and then uh, they are coming up against Peter Romani Josh van der Fleer and Caelan Dorries more experience in the Welsh back row again yeah. in total uh, but you know that Irish back row isn't to be sniffed at is it no I mean if you're picking a composite yeah. would you drop oh Christ yeah mm. like yeah there's <laughs> you could have a Celtic Cousins 15 touring the world and he would do reasonably well yeah um you know, if if the Lions went on tour and they were taking six back row players, it could quite easily be those yeah. six. Like, bar, bar maybe Billy Vanapola, Tom Curry. Yeah, the Curry. Sam Underhill. Um, I know people still love the Mish. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, and you know, there's any 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 number like of, of other back row options, but like you wouldn't be disappointed if they were the six or going on to it. Now then, of that starting 15, or both starting 15s, um, Wales are significantly more experienced across the park everywhere, really. Um, so there's a, there's a mix of pr- pretty much debutantes and proper old war dogs there. Mm. Whereas Ireland have more of like a steady average of caps, excluding, you know, your, your Saxons yeah. and, and guys like that. But I wonder if... We, looking at that 15, looking at the cap distribution... It kind of feels like some a bit of a mishmash, for example. So, George North hundred nine, Joe Hawkins one, right? Uh, <laughs> or you look at you look at second row, and I mean, forty one caps for Adam Beard is a lot, but mm. Alan Wynn's got one hundred fifty five, whereas the Irish second row thirty six forty eight, they might have more of an international familiarity. But then, Adam Beard and Alan Wynn have played a lot of regional rugby they together have. as well. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's that question of being able to sort of like bring it from club to country yeah. but you know it's 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 tried and tested and we've seen it yeah. plenty of times before now then whilst Wales has the edge on experience in the starting 15s on the bench Wales have 195 caps Ireland have 402 on the bench on the bench who's on the bench then well shall we talk about it yeah <laughs> if we do the 400 you real yeah so if we do the front row first uh, of course, yeah. Wales have Scott Baldwin, Reese Carey, and Dylan Lewis versus Ireland's Rob Herring, Kean Healy, and Tom O'Toole. Now, 
Keane Healy's 121 of those 400 caps. <laughs> um, and there's another centri- centurion in there, so uh, to be talked about in a minute. Yeah. Uh, how do you see... What sort of impact do you think those players would have? If we're talking bomb squad, yeah, um, I think Ireland just about nip it. I think so. Um, I think if we'd have had a fit Leon Brown and a fit Derry Lake joining Reese Carey yeah. coming on, that could have been something. I've still got my question mark for Carey, <laughs> and I always will. But, um, but Baldwin feels like a step down, a significant step down. It's, I think it's unfortunate with the Lake injury. Yeah. Um, I don't know what Bradley Roberts has done in camp or hasn't done in camp because yeah. he's been for me he's he's Ken Owens incumbent um, he's, he's getting around like a young Ken Owens and he's he's like the familiar phrase is becoming pinballing but he's, he's carrying mm. well off the, off the back of lineups and stuff like that like, so I, yeah, I'm not really sure I get the impression at this early stage Gatlin probably just ha- hasn't liked the cut of his jib and he's gone right I know Scott I'll yeah. give him a ring which is see if he's free which 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 is probably looking at it when, when Dewey Lake's injury was yeah he was probably the next one to, to be looked at kind yeah. of thing I mean other hookers around the around the regions may not quite be there yet and I mean they, I, I outside of Wales within that outside of the 60 caps is there's going to be not a lot of other options and, yeah. and bringing someone in from outside of Wales at such short notice is yeah. filling the gap the sick of filling the gap so looking at the second row in the back row then not a lot of experience for Wales you've got Exeter's Dav Jenkins and Leicester's Tommy Raffle um, covering lock and back row uh, one and four caps respectively and then for Ireland you have Ian Henderson and Jack Conan um, to come off the bench it's a no brainer really like isn't it um, <laughs> between Wales and Ireland there but if you look at Wales specifically there Tommy Raffle being absolutely tearing the, the premiership up uh, uh, much akin to David Jenkins highly rated in Exeter yeah. young young captain of Exeter as well yeah, so um, unbeaten as captain as well. That's that's always uh, an interesting fact. Like um, I suppose going along the lines of uh, Maro Torji becoming unbeaten as, yes. a, as a, a whole season. Like, but um, yeah, uh, um, it's interesting, isn't it? So I I was a little bit surprised not to see Shins's name yeah. as the replacement back row. Uh, yeah, because I, he does also cover lock as well. Yeah, if, I, if there's an emergency. So I guess he must. Well, Raffle just must have impressed Gatlin more in training, or there's a niggle we don't know about, unless sort of. They, the, it's the allowance uh, they time they've been allowed in camp maybe from the English clubs possibly we don't know like but uh, it's quite surprising I think Chunza uh, was has been informed for Exeter again alongside um, David Jenkins but um, perhaps it'll be unleashed later in the tournament yeah uh, obviously we know this is a squad game rugby's become a, a squad mentality rather than just yeah. you know, starting 15 I, I, I fully expect to see him and I hope to see him because I'm just yeah. dead excited on him now then in the battle of the antiquated past it washed up replacement scrum halves <laughs> <laughs> we've got Reese Webb from Ospreys and Connor Murray of Munster now Connor Murray 100 caps for Ireland how many do you think Reese Webb's got for he Wales he's got 30 odd didn't he yeah incredible he's had injury layoffs and he didn't yeah. get on with Pivac um, but the, well Connor Murray remains and Reece he, Webb is back and he went to France for a bit with that 60 cap rule in the air he signed the contract just after he'd come in was it or something yeah. along them lines yes so I think that that done it for him for a little while as well it threw, through no fault of his own it was I, I, I feel and I think if there could have been enough mitigating circumstances to ensure that he could play for Wales with this time in Toulon then he would have had certainly more caps than you, what he'd you'd have thought so I don't think he enjoyed his time at Toulon uh, which, a lot of players don't yeah now 
in terms of having a positive impact off the bench, I feel like maybe Conor Murray is starting to go on a bit of a downward trajectory for yeah. for Ireland. Yeah. Um, we don't know what Reese Webb's going to be like for Wales, but his club form's been good. I don't yeah. know too much about Conor Murray's Munster form no, of late. No, no, sir. Not on the radar as such as uh, as, as the pod is. But yeah, Webb is sort of second coming, almost like. He's going to be busting for it. Oh, yeah, and he's, he's back in a Wales camp with Gatland. It's going to feel like something old, brand new kind of thing. My fear for him is that he tries too hard when he comes. <sighs> like, so, you know, you can imagine how he's been in the wilderness for pretty much four years. Yeah. He's been busting the gut to get back. He's in good form and he's going to want to flaunt it. Now, he needs to keep a lid on it so he doesn't do anything stupid. But if he has a measured game, I think he could be really good, really useful. But if he sees a gap as well, I think he's gone. And there's not much catching him. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on to the fly halves. Owen Williams and Ross Byrne. Three caps and four caps, respectively. Yeah. Super interesting. Yeah, again, it cancels each other out. And, but... Uh, Owen Williams covers the twelve jersey as well, so I think we can look at him yeah. as either coming on. I, I can I can re- quite conceivably see Dan Bigger putting an eighty minute shift in. Yeah, same. I, I if yeah if he's not hurt, he's he's staying on. <laughs> you'd like to think so. And Owen Williams playing that second distributor role, bringing in that George North. He could be yeah on the sly. He could be a sneaky replacement for Joe Hawkins. Yeah, I I think that's the way it's going to go. Not not to to write off Joe Hawkins at all, but um, I think. He's, a, he's, a, he's going to be a live wire for My, Wales and you've got that little bit of experience and he's been around a bit Wales, England, Japan hmm. uh, Owen Williams has and um, there's a certainly a bit of calm, calm about him which is what Toby Booth have said Mind you if, if he comes on and you have Owen Williams, Joe Hawkins and George North there's some familiarity Well of course and, and I think that's probably part of the planning it's with, a, I, Now I don't think Owen Williams has played 10 for Wales before Because it's junior level uh, I oh mean, no! Sorry, yeah, um, at senior level. Sorry, senior level. So um, his free caps, I think, all came at twelve. 12 I could possibly. be wrong, or they could have come off the bench. But yeah, there was that one autumn where Gatland finally got to give him a goal, and he was quite impressive in definitely at his debut. Yeah. I, I can't really remember his subsequent caps. No, um, but I, I did enjoy that. And then to round off the bench, uh, you got Alex Cuthbert and Bandiaki, and the two two different positions essentially. And yes. you can see maybe where Wales are going with this one. Um. Ireland possibly looking at sort of bringing Bandiaki obviously into the middle yeah but um, at two's expense maybe an expense of the 12 yeah but um, there's more potential around um, maybe Liam if Liam Williams sustains a bump Josh Adams goes straight to full back with um, yeah Cuthbert moving to the wing but um, again Cuthbert's a big old lump and I don't think he's got the pace as he did yeah but um, could they be bringing him on as a Alec George North Maybe if that went a bit alright, has he been running at thirteen? Maybe I we don't know. Yeah, I don't know if Gatland would risk him at 13, risk maybe. that straight off the bat. I, I don't see it myself. Um, I think if he went to replacement thirteen on the bench, he'd have probably chucked Grady. Yeah, because yeah. he's, he's chucked yeah, he's the Yeah, he's chucked a few boys in. Not not a debut, but you know, low cap numbers. Yeah. I think maybe uh, going forward, I'd like the look of a, of a Kieran Williams, Mason Grady. Oof. Imagine, imagine the scenes. Yeah. I think that's something with. I think yeah. that's probably the Jamie Roberts, Jonathan Davis of the next generation. You could close down the large hadron collider and just have, yeah, <laughs> have those who smashing into walls. Yeah. Um. So, half penny. Bit of a shame he's pulled out late. Yeah. But I feel like that was uh, a a little bit of distraction early in the week. Get the team out. Get people talking about the Six Nations yeah. rather than the goings on of the WRU. Uh. So as soon as he said, 
Halfpenny hasn't trained and Liam's a doubt does like he doesn't know his team there's no. only one reason he's announced his team so early and when you read between the lines like that it's like yeah. it, it almost seems like Tuesday was a was a was a dummy pass kind of thing oh totally selection. yeah um, can we feel like Keelan Hardy is hard done by ooh nice um, <laughs> Hardy hard done by I've got in my notes um, I don't know mm. um, if, if you're looking at the three scrum halves coming into the, in the camp mm. Probably Hardy was number three in the rankings. Okay. Followed by Webb at two and obviously Thomas Williams at one. Uh, we've already spoken about Shinza missing from the bench. Uh, so yeah, in terms of not having a lot of rugby, Dylan Lewis versus Leon Brown, I wonder what four Scotland's hand there. Maybe he thinks Dylan's different off the bench, whereas Leon yeah. is... D- Dylan's been doing well off the bench of late. And Leon Brown's probably more similar to Tommy Francis than Dylan Lewis is. Yeah, I, um, again... I think it's what's probably gone against Leon Brown is his amount of game time. Yeah. Twenty minutes. Same as Lewis, though. Well, yeah. Lewis hasn't played for. A... But he's got. He's probably got more minutes under the belt, under his belt this season than Leon Brown certainly. Yeah, has, I, I see what you mean. So maybe his baseline's a little bit higher, and there's not a lot work to do to top the fitness yeah, backup. Yeah. Maybe. I still think that uh, Liam Williams goes down in the warm up in inverted commas and Adams slots in a 15 yeah I, I, I don't think Liam or half any of it like oh, everything just, oh I'm calling that Jones is calling that right now yeah yeah. <laughs> honestly I think I think Liam Williams late withdrawal Adams to 15 yeah uh, Cuthbert off on. the bench Grady onto the bench do you reckon yeah oh. Tell me now. I'm not letting go of this Grady uh, <laughs> Grady is <tell>. player <laughs> I, I use the same with um, Morgan Morris until squad was yeah. announced so what I'm going to do I'm going to ask you for your prediction and then I'm going to give you some stats and then I'll ask you if your predictions change in right okay so how do you say going who's going to win um, go, go with your head and your heart uh, what's your head saying head says Ireland of course it is I think, my, I think the same my head says Ireland should win this Wales could win it yeah my heart yeah, yeah I, it's, I, it's Wales all day yeah and it's, it's in Cardiff it's the opening round of the Six Nations if you're going to put a marker down it's, it's there and then yeah. for, if you're not just Wales, but for any team playing home. Yeah. Now then, here's some stats. Probably more for your head than your heart. Ireland haven't won in Cardiff in the Six Nations since the 2nd of February 2013. Ten years ago. And it's not going to happen anymore. <laughs> now then, that was the Simon Zebo game, remember? Where he, oh, the, the, the little the funny thing off his ankle. Yeah, I was there for that. Now then, the winning margin for Wales games in those period five points last time was in Cardiff 18 the time before that 13 the time before that 7 the time before that Wales by 12 Wales by 12 <laughs> this is yeah quick bit of maths I think yeah. it's Wales by an average of 12 and if you go back for the last 10 fixtures so we're going back to March 2023 it's 1, 2, 3 7 sorry have I got this right 1, 2, 3, 4 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 yeah the last 10 fixtures Wales have won seven. Yeah, so uh, yeah. I the, the stats speak for themselves. I think yeah. um, in well, Cardiff, in Cardiff, obviously, you know, the Aviva, the the Aviva Stadium is much a different beast. Mm. Um, yeah, I think um, my heart is is full of it. See, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I I can see Wales doing it just by maybe not twelve, but by by a score. And uh, here's another one. Ireland's biggest win over us since 2003 was uh, the 4th of February 2007. Jippo was coach. 
And, oh, that'll, do it. that'll do it. Yeah, and <laughs> they got a ten point winning margin. So they they've never really they haven't hammered us in Cardiff no. for for a long time. Yeah. So now I'm starting to talk my my head into well maybe we do a hammering by Island in Cardiff and, <laughs> and it it would be now yeah. if it was going to happen. So given Ireland's uh, run of late against um, uh, New Zealand, particularly in the, in the summer, like in uh, the place one in the world, they're there for a reason. Yeah. Okay, so I think both our hearts are saying Wales, but I think both our heads are probably probably saying Ireland. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, and on that note, we'll bring yeah. this short one to an end. Thanks for tuning in. Mikey, thanks for your time today. Thank you, Reese. Ed, commiserations, you couldn't yeah. make it. And we will see you in a proper pod after the weekend. Ta-ra. Oh, no.